0: Morning, you want to turn with me to Colossians chapter 3? Appreciate you good singing. Amen. 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 Colossians chapter 3, one of my favorite passages of scripture. Um, I believe it reveals so much truth. I believe it's a great reminder for us to come back to it so often. It's a reminder of what happened to us and how we're supposed to live as born-again believers. Amen. We want to be able to get into this and read it this morning. And uh, let me just say this this morning before we reach Colossians chapter 3. You may be visiting with us this morning, and and maybe you're not a Christian. Um, We have that happen quite a bit. We have visitors pop in. They're not saved. They're unsure about everything. I want you to know more than anything else, we love you. We love you. We're not looking down on you. We're not judging you. We're here to help you find the truth. Now, it's a truth that we found and it's that it's a simple truth, right? It's a very, very simple truth. Except we're all sinners in here today. Amen. Amen. All of us are sinners. Everybody today in this world is a sinner. Amen? Amen? Some of us, those of us that have been born again, were simply sinners saved by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Now by the world's standards, you may be in here and you may be lost, I believe. By the world standards, um, I was a good person for the most part. I wasn't a perfect person, but I was a good person. You can be kind. You can be uh, uh, helpful to people when they need it. You can go along your life and not bother anybody. You can work hard. You can take care of your family. You can provide for them. You can uh, 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 you can do all these great things. You can you you might not be a murderer or a thief and. You might try not to lie, right? You can do all you, you may not ever have ever cheated on your spouse. And all those wonderful things are in fact wonderful. And in the world's definition of good, that would make you a good person. But today, when I say we're sinners, it's because God has a higher standard than the world. God's standard is much higher. God says good means without sin. And that's none of us, Amen. That's why we preach so often to remind. It's not because we want to say something that makes you feel bad about yourself or makes you hurt you feel. It. It's because we want to remind you that in God's standard, when we look at God's standard, there is none good. There's none righteous, not even one, Amen. And because we sin this morning, if now I'm just speaking to you, if you're here this morning, you're lost. You're not sure about this Christianity thing. I just want to talk to you for a minute before I start preaching. Amen? The message. If you're here this morning, because of your sin problem, here's the reality. You're going to die. Amen? You know that. You see it every day. Go by the funeral home, a different name up on the sign all the time. You're going to die. That is the consequence of sin. Physical death. But Christ, the one that they sung about, the one who, when they said so much to thank him for, who's the him? Jesus. Amen? Amen. Christ, he comes and he promises that those that believe in him, if they're truly born again, even though they die, yet shall they live. Amen. Amen. Amen? That's that new life our brothers spoke about. He promises. Eternal life. He promises new life here and eternal life after this. Because Christ, and listen, He's able to make that promise and keep that promise because Christ came and lived a sinless life, but died a sinner's death. Amen. Amen. And by His own power. The Bible says no man had the ability to take his life from him. Yeah. Freely he gave. Amen. And freely he took it up again. Amen? Amen? He rose from the dead yeah. and is alive evermore. And because he lives, we can have the assurance that we can live also. Amen? Amen. Yeah. That is the Gospel. That is the hope of salvation. That is the promise that Christ has made us. He said, if we believe in Him, He said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. And behold, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again, and I will receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Amen? That's a promise. From a Savior that keeps His promises. That's the truth of the gospel that God loved us enough to send His Son to die for us, and He's powerful enough to take His life back up again, and He's powerful enough to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. Amen. Now let's go to Colossians chapter three, verses one through four says if you then were raised with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on things on the earth for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God when Christ who is our life appears then you also will appear with him in glory amen amen the first point I want you to know today. Short message today. But important. I want to remind you of this. Every believer in here. I'm speaking to the believers. Every believer in here. The truth of the gospel is. You died. You died. Everyone. I'm talking that's truly born again. I'm not talking about those who say they're Christians. Amen. I'm talking about those that have been born again by the Spirit of God. Everybody who is truly a Christian, according to the Scriptures, has already died. And that truth is just not preached enough. And because it's not preached enough, it's not understood the way it's meant to be. When you were saved, you died. You died, according to the Scriptures. There is a break that happened with the past. Right, and when you it, the moment you were saved, think about Paul's conversion. The old man passed away. Yeah. when Saul was walking down the road of Damascus there, and, and the light blinded him, and Christ spoke into his heart, and he said, "Paul, uh, Paul, actually he said, Saul, Saul, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Why do you persecute me?" Yeah. Why are you persecuting me? And He spoke to Saul's heart and from that moment forward, you never saw Saul again. Yeah. You saw Paul. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Because a new man was born and an old man died. Yeah. That, if you say, well, that's, just, that's because of who he was. It was Paul. That's supposed to be every one of our testimonies. Yeah. Yeah. That when we encounter Jesus Christ the old man dies and a new man is born. No longer the same. It's a defining moment in time. It's a line that you cross and when you step over it, you don't go back. It is a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. The old you that I'm talking about, that old you who was that have, I mean the unbelieving you the man that did not believe in the in the Savior, the man who did not believe in Christ in Jesus, who did not have His faith—I'm talking about the you that trusted in yourself. Amen. I'm talking about the you that 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 uh, was trapped by all these selfish ambitions that you had, all these uh, ridiculous uh, ambitions of worldly wealth and treasures and things that can't last. I'm talking about you that was destined for death and hell. That person died. He perished. He was drowned out by the truth. Praise the Lord. And who you was born. We've got to understand this today. And I want you to hear what I'm saying. This is so important. I can't preach it good enough to make it strong enough Powerful enough but I can simply just just try to tell it to you the best way that I can and I want you to hear it being saved is not just some decision you make. it's not just some decision that you it's not another decision in your life like where where are we going to live okay well I, I, I will live in Flintwood we will live in Hayside we will live in Wiser We live in California, right? It's not that kind of decision. It's Okay, do I want to be married or do I want to stay single? It's not what color do I want my hair to be this week. Amen? It's not those kinds of decisions. Being a Christian is not just deciding what religion you want to be associated with. and and, and then say, okay, I'll go be a part of that. When you become a Christian, you've got to look at the cross of Jesus Christ. You've got to see the love that He had and and the perfection that He is and the beauty that He brings. And you see Him suffering uh, for your sins and you say, I love that man. I love him and I want to be with him. That's what Christianity is. I want to be with that man. Not, not with the Pentecostals, not with the Brethren, not with the Baptists, not with the Christian. I want to be with Him. I want to be with Jesus. and That's who I want to be with. And to be with Him, I am willing to get up on my own cross and be crucified to this life and be crucified to the world so that I can be with Him. That's Christianity. Leonard Ravenhill says all the time. He says people today. He said they want to look at the cross and admire the cross. But they never want to get on it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Church, to be Christian, you got to get on the cross. Amen. Amen. Christ died there. Listen is what Paul said. Paul said in Galatians two twenty, "I am crucified with Christ." Amen. It's no longer I that lives. Why did Paul say that? Because he died. It's no longer I that lives, it's Christ that lives in me. Amen. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's a true salvation excuse. Not just some decision where you say, well, I think I'll be a Christian. I think, I'll, I think I'll just associate with the church now and I'll try to get my life cleaned up and be a good person. No, you're a Christian today if you've seen the beauty of a Savior and you're willing to lay down your life and pick up your cross and follow Him. Amen. 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 If that's not happened, if that's never happened to you, if if you're sitting here this morning and you think, that's not the way I saw it, or that's not the way I feel, or that's not the way it was... For me, I just made a decision. I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, be a Christian," and 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 now I go to church and I do a few things. I want to tell you right now: if you're not in love with Jesus, if you can't say that today that you're in love with Jesus, you're not saved. Right? You haven't found salvation. I don't say that to be mean. It would be mean of me to 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 know that truth from the Bible and not tell you. That would be mean. See, we die. When we're born again, we die. According to the scriptures, if you want to know what we die from, we die to sin. We die to it. See, the Bible says that before we were saved, we were dead in sin. Amen? Amen. We were dead in it. But after, after that, the Bible says we're dead to it. Dead to sin, dead to its consequences. There's more, see. All this talk about death and, and and all these things, it's the old you died, that's a fact. But just like this scripture declares, it says, if you are if you have risen with Christ. See, in other words, when the old you died, a new you was resurrected. Yes. Just as much as you look at the love of Christ on the cross and you fall in love with Him even more and more there, you've got to also look at the power of Christ that we talked about and realize that He didn't just die. He raised from the dead. Amen. Amen. He's not just a dead Savior, a guy who loved us and died for us. He's a Savior that died for us and rose again for us. Amen. Amen. He had the power to do that. We don't serve a dead Savior on a cross. We serve a living Savior at the right hand of God. I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for the blood. I'm also thankful for the resurrection of my Savior and the life that He now lives making intercession for me and you. That's what Ephesians 2, 5 and 6 says. He says, even when we were dead in trespasses, He has made us alive together with Christ. That's what it means when it says, by grace you have been saved. Mm -hmm. And He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen? See, what the Bible's teaching us here is that just as much as the old you died, this new you was resurrected and has become alive. And the truth is, those of us that have been born again have been given new life. Amen. Amen. Yes. We've got a new purpose to bring glory to God. Amen. Yes. To live for God. To serve God. Yes. We've got new meaning for our life. We've got a new calling. Yes. Every born again Christian has a new calling. It's to share this truth with as many possible people as we can every way we can so that they can find new life like we found. Amen? Amen. That's not not just for those that are called to preach. That's not just for those that are called to teach. That's every born-again believer is called to hold to that truth. We've got not only a new purpose and a new meaning, a new calling, we've got a new future, amen? Amen. We're supposed to rejoice in that. We're supposed to be able to hear those words when He says that we're going to be together with Him and reunited with Him and that He has given us eternal life and those that believe on Him will never die. We should hear that and believe that and let it change everything about our lives. If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Amen. Listen, knowing that you've been raised with Christ, knowing that you are a new creature, you are to begin to change your perspective. Amen. Who's supposed to seek those things which are above? You are. Amen? Amen. We are, all of us. Before You see, before you were raised with Christ, you lived for the moment. You lived for this world. Everything you did was about this world. How you could advance yourself. How you could prosper. How you could be successful. How you could have all these things in this world. Get more money. Have all these great things. You lived for this world. But afterwards, after you are raised with Christ... The perspective is supposed to change, and you begin to live for your eternity. See, before you laid up treasures here, yeah. amen? amen. But the Bible says that that we're supposed to lay up our treasures in heaven, amen. Because those that are really born again, that's where their heart is all in. Yes. Yeah. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I just read to you that Christ. If we went back and read it again, you would see that it says that that uh, 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 Christ is. Let me read it to you one more time. I want you to see it exactly. Uh, it says, "If you then are raised with Christ, seek those things are above, which are above, where Christ is." Mm-hmm and is sitting at the right hand of God. Now you see here, and you can look and He says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So if your treasure is here, your treasure is not Christ. If your treasure is there, then your treasure is Christ. You see, it's so plain when you think. stop and think about it. And don't, don't over-spiritualize it and make some big production out of it. It's just this simple. I'm either living... For eternal, I'm either living for Christ, I'm either living for the next world, or I'm living in this one for myself. It's not complicated. It's simple. (coughs) We just don't like what we find when we look. Amen? Amen. Before we focused on this life, and once you're born again, you're supposed to focus on the life to come. That's the expectation. (laughs) But we see so many professing Christians who are so caught up in this world. Amen? Amen? They care more about material things than they do eternal things. They care more about their money, more about their homes and their cars and their clothes than they do about their eternal future. Yeah. They focus on their education. They focus on their career. They focus on their retirement plan and their 401Ks. And they focus on their politics. Amen? Amen. Amen. We don't like it. They focus on their entertainment, on their sports teams. Come on. They put all their spare time into the gym, into their hobbies, and into looking like they're 20 years younger than what they really are. They put all their time into into travel and They put all their effort, and they focus so little on spreading the Gospel, on loving their neighbor, on building up God's kingdom, and they just want to say, oh, I love God as much as anybody else. The evidence says you don't. Amen? Amen? We're, listen, those of us who are born again, we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. There's a way we're supposed to live. There's actions that we're, that's supposed to represent who we are. There's behaviors and characteristics. And we've spent our whole life... Come on, just, just help me preach through this for just a minute. Just, just love me, even though it's a little bit hard, okay? But we've spent our whole life making excuses... As to why we don't have to do it the way the Bible says. Amen. Spent our whole life trying to trying to figure out a way that we could get around what it is that God really said to us and what it is God really wants from us. Trying to trying to figure out how we could justify uh, living in the world and for the world and still call ourselves. Christians and still say, well, uh, the most important thing is Jesus, even though it's the thing you spend the least amount of time thinking about and focusing on. It doesn't add up. Amen? Amen. I know that's hard. So many Christians who never find their calling in Christ. They never do anything for Him except use Him when they need Him. God I need a healing God I I need a husband God I need a wife God I need a promotion God I need a miracle God I need money God I need a job God I need to get out of this mess I've got myself into and once they get what they want they go right back to living for themselves Amen I've seen it over and over again listen, if that's your Christianity today, if I'm describing your Christian life, don't ignore it. Hear what the Spirit is trying to say to you. Repent of the half-hearted Christian life. Repent of it. Repent of false Christianity. Repent of disobedience to what God wants for us and Take up and embrace your new life in Christ and walk it out. Walk it out. See, your new life is supposed to be about Him. Start, that's what, the, that's what that scripture says. Start seeking those things which are above. In other words, let go of all those foolish pursuits down here and start seeking the things which are above. Set your mind. It said in Colossians, on things above, not on the things of earth. That means we've got to make up our mind every single day. What are we going to chase after today? What are we going to pursue today? What are we going to serve today? How many of you ever heard of John Payton? Have you ever heard of John Payton? John Payton was a missionary. Um I'll tell you, I'm not much of a storyteller. But he didn't want to be a missionary. He wanted to be a pastor. That was what he wanted. And he married a woman. Out of, he, got, he graduated seminary. And he, and he married a woman. And, and this was a long time ago. And they were thinking about their new life together. But during that time, God called him to the mission field. And, and and it wasn't just any mission field that God called him to. He called him to go to the New Hebrides. Now, that's an island. If you don't know what that is, that, that's an island that at that time was inhabited by cannibals. They ate people. You understand what I'm saying, do you? They ate people. And he was convinced that God was calling him to go there. He was convinced it. He knew it. He'd never been there. He'd never talked to anybody from there. He didn't know anything about there other than that anybody that went there got killed and they ate him. That's what he knew. But he knew that's where God wanted him to be. So you know what he did? Him and his wife, they'd been married three months. Him and his wife packed up their belongings and they booked a boat. The boat would only take them within 200 yards of the island because they said if they got too close, they'd kill and eat them. They dropped them off in a rowboat and they rowed to the shore. They didn't know a soul there. They hadn't been invited. He didn't have a contact. He didn't have anything. Nothing. This was not one of those mission trips where, like John MacArthur said when he was talking about it in a sermon I heard one time, this is not one of those mission trips where you go and you stick a sign up that says we're having BBS starting Sunday. Come on. <laughs> this is not that kind of mission trip. Those mission trips are okay too. This wasn't that kind of mission trip. Well, his brother wrote a biography about it. And he said that what they did when they got to the island was they built a little lean tube on the beach. And they set up a little house. They made up a little house. And they were there a couple of days trying to figure out what to do and kind of waiting on the Lord. And and all of a sudden they noticed that uh, suddenly that in the trees, you could see over there on the island, in the trees, the natives were all standing there behind trees watching them. And they were scared to death. And and that went on for days. And at at night, he said, you could hear them walking around their little shack that they had built while they laid him there. He didn't know their language. He didn't know it. He could just hear them out there walking around. They never touched them. Several months, almost a year went by. And they stayed on that beach and the natives would walk around their, their thing at night. And during that time, his wife had become pregnant. And she gave birth to a child And two weeks later, she got a disease, and she died, and the baby died the next day. And 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 he said, he said in his journal, he said, I buried their bodies, and I slept on top of their graves so they didn't dig them up and eat them for three nights, because he knew after three nights they wouldn't eat them because the meat would be bad. And he said, I buried them and I slept on top, and he said. I was lonely beyond all loneliness. And I kept asking God why. I kept asking him why. I kept asking him to lead me and to help me understand what was going on. And about two days after those three days had passed, so five days after his wife died, the natives kicked somebody out of their tribe. They wanted him removed. And he said that he didn't have anywhere else to go. So that native came to his house on the beach. And he came and he said, he began to, we began to find ways to communicate with each other until eventually I learned his language. And he said, once I learned his language, I told him that there was a God who had a son that died for him. And I told him about Christ and he gave his heart to the Lord and became a believer. And he said, from that point on, that that native would take him because that native said that they were planning on coming to kill him. And that native would take him around different places in the island and hide him every night. He stayed somewhere different. So that they wouldn't kill him. And one by one that native would find people within the village that he could go back to and he would lead them back to him and he would talk to them about Christ and they'd get saved. And they'd get saved. And they'd get saved. And they'd get saved and it went on and there was a little group of Christians and then another group and do you know how long he was there on the island? 35 years. 35 years. And this is what he said. When I, when we rode up to the island we heard the cry of the candles. When I left I heard the ringing of church bells. Amen. He said there's not one single person on this island that does not know Christ has not accepted him as a savior. Amen. Amen. That's what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about being a heavenly minded. I'm talking about being sold out for Jesus. Yes. Willing to lay down our lives here mm-hmm. and all the things that we love and look at and say, I want, I want, I want. Being willing to let go of those things for what we know is better. Mm-hmm. See, we sing songs about heaven yeah. and we say, that sounds good. Yeah. And we say, oh, I want to go to heaven. But do we live like that? Do we live like heaven's our home? In the Old Old Testament there, we we see it in Hebrews as well. We can see that those old uh, saints, uh, uh, those heroes of faith, they would look at it and, and they would say, we're seeking a city to come. We're pilgrims and strangers and sojourners. This is not our home. That's the way they live. Can I say today, me and you included, that's not how we do Amen. We build up our homes here. We build up our treasures here. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then when we get close to, and nigh to death, we start to cry out to the Lord and get serious. Oh, yeah. And we waste our whole life. <coughs> we waste our whole life. Amen. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought about John Payton there. and I thought, my life is nothing compared to you. But you know what I'm thankful for today? God doesn't compare me to John Payton. That's what, that's what God, who is just and righteous and holy, that's what God required of John Payton. I've got to do what God requires of Bill Rose. Amen. I, 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 and Listen. My my calling's not near as dramatic, and my story is not near as as, as impactful. But at the end of the day, for as, as far as I know, and I pray to God, I'm walking in it the right way. God called me to pastor a little church in a little town, a place. My job is to be faithful to that call. That's my job. my My, my job is to put the same effort into this as John Payton. Put into that island in those towns. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Now, I promised you this today. If you're a born-again believer, I know this. I, 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 I'm confident in this. God is calling you today. God is calling you maybe to the mission field, maybe to preach, maybe to teach, maybe to do children's ministry, maybe to serve in this church with your talents, maybe to serve in a different church with your talents. I don't know. Maybe today God has just been working in you to do something that seems insignificant to you, but He's got a great plan behind it. Maybe it's just to go to your neighbor's house and share the Gospel with them. Whatever it is, do it. Whatever it is, do it. Do it with the same heart and the same passion that that man did. Do it like you're doing it unto the Lord. Doing it it with with all your heart and all your soul and you put everything you've got into your calling. And you serve God with everything that you have. Be willing to sacrifice anything to be obedient to what God tells you to do. Be willing to give up anything. Do you, do you want to know this morning how to know if your faith in Christ is real? If it's really real, just ask yourself this question. Just, just really think that and sit down and just think about it for a minute. Is there anything in my life more important to me than Jesus Christ? If there is anything, now listen to me. Before you answer that. You look at your heart. Don't tell me what your mind says. Tell me what your life testifies to. Amen. Mm-hmm. I know what you'll say with your mouth. Yeah. Jesus said all kinds of people say, say with their mouth how oh, they love me, but their hearts are far from me. Amen. Amen? Amen? Is there anything that I'm not willing to do for the Lord? Is there any sacrifice I wouldn't make? And if the answer to those are yes, there are things I would not do. Yes, there are sacrifices I'm not willing to make. Yes, there are things right now in my life that are more important to me than my relationship with God. If the answer to that is yes, you're not where you need to be with God this morning. Colossians 3 and 4. Look with me one more time. Just let me encourage you. When Christ who is our life appears? Just if you if you write in your Bible, underline what's underlined up there, Christ who is our life. And I'll ask you this morning: Is Christ your life? See, that's what Paul was able to say. When Christ, who is our life, in other words, he's everything to me. Did you hear that? In other words, Christ is everything to me. There's nothing more important. There's nothing greater. There's nothing that that I care more about than Him. And if that's not your heart today, your heart's not in the right place with God. And I've been sent to warn you. That's what my job is. I've been sent to warn you. Prepare your heart to meet God. You do not know when the time will come. Amen. You do not know when death will find you. When it does, it is once appointed unto men to die. And after this comes the judgment. And God is going to judge your heart for what it truly is. Not for what you've painted it to be. Not for what you've said it is. What it really is. Don't play games. I'm talking. Listen. I'm talking to professing Christians. Don't play games with God. Don't stay in a in a Christless Christianity where you just float in and float out as you feel like it. Pick up your cross. Take up your calling, whatever it is. Find your work and pour your heart into it and lay up treasures in heaven. Amen. Let's stand with Every eye closed, every head down.